0: This is real Bronx shit right here. This is that real, real Bronx shit right here. Hey, yo, I
1: shattered dreams like Jordan. The sort of battle your team. It's watching the beautiful lab. I like and Eve from the garden. I'm carving my initials on your forehead. So every night before bed, you see the BP shut off the border. With the first rap, cause he ain't worth jack. Hit him with a thousand pounds of pressure per slap. Make his whole body shirt back. Watch the earth crack, hand him his first back. I'm the first Latin rapper to battle your skull. Master the flow, niggas be swerbin up black in the cold, like Nat Gay. I'll be rapping and tongues packed in the ones, Magnums, cannons, and gatling guns. It's big pun, the one and only son of Tony. Montana we promise mañana in the right in Montana come on bana we need more zombies filling every
2: one the snake anaconda amanda bana with want to try to mess
0: up do it live fuck it do it live welcome 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 to episode number 8 of the Bronx bias podcast i am your host my name is denzel Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for continuing to listen, for continuing to be active and engage with me on the social media platforms. I really, really, truly appreciate it. I know it's been a a trying week for a lot of people out there with the quarantine and everything. So if this pod is able to bring you any semblance of joy or normalcy or just brighten your day a little bit, that'll bring me immense, immense joy and happiness. Um, That was... The Dream Shatterer by Big Pun off of the album Capital Punishment. And again, Big Pun is one of my favorite, 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 favorite artists from the Bronx. Just his lyrical capabilities are unmatched. Un-un-unmatched. And shit, man. I really, really wish. Rest in peace, of course. I really, really wish that he was still alive in 2020 because... I feel like he can really, really rip shit up. So now we're going to do one of my... Well, not one of my. My favorite segment of the pod, Bronx Facts. For those of you guys don't know, or maybe first time listening, Bronx Facts is a little thing that I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York. Uh, uh, maybe things or details that you may not have known about the borough, and I like to start every show with it. So, the Bronx fact for today is... The Bronx Zoo is the country's largest metropolitan zoo with more than 6,000 animals spread across 265 acres of land in Bronx Park. Before its opening in 1899, the space it occupies was sold to the city of New York by Fordham University for only $1,000. That is your Bronx Fact of episode number eight. I am so, so, so happy to be in here, to pod and uh, talk to you guys for this little bit of time that we have together. I feel great. I'm in a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic mood. I feel as good as the Jay-Z verse on Flux Capacitor sounds. Um, so let's pod. We've got a lot of shit to talk about. Of course, we're starting off with the continued coronavirus coverage. President Trump has signed a bipartisan $2 trillion economic relief plan to offer assistance to tens of millions of of American households affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Its components include individual stimulus payments to individuals, expanded unemployment coverage, student loan changes, different retirement account rules and more. How large will these payments be? Most adults will get $1,200, although some would get less. For every qualifying child age 16 or under, the payment will be an additional $500. There will be just one payment of this $1,200 or less. Future bills could order up, uh, order up additional payments, though. Uh, how do I know if I will get the full amount? It depends on your income. Single adults with Social Security numbers who have adjusted gross incomes of $75,000 or less will get the full amount. Married couples with no children earning $150,000 or less will receive a total of $2,400. And taxpayers filing as the head of the household will get the full payment if they have earned $112,500 or less. The payment is estimated to arrive according to Treasury Secretary Stephen Munichin, I hope I said that correctly, uh, within three weeks. If the payment does not come soon, how can I be sure that it was not misdirected? According to the bill, you will get a paper notice in the mail no, to, no later than a few weeks after your payment has been disbursed. That notice will contain information about where the payment ended up and in what form it was made. If you cannot locate the payment at that point, it would be time to contact the IRS using information on the notice. The plan wraps in far more workers, and the plan wraps in workers usually eligible for unemployment benefits including self-employed people and part-time workers the bottom line is those who are unemployed or partly employed or cannot work for a wide variety of coronavirus related reasons will be more than likely to receive these benefits nearly 3.3 million filed for unemployment benefits last week according to the labor department this Shuts down the previous record of six hundred and ninety-five thousand in nineteen eighty-two. So those are basically just all the facts, like the general facts about the latest in it. Um there's been a bill, it's called the CARES Act, and it's been signed into law to uh estimated about two trillion dollars of stimulus for the economy and there are a lot of moving parts with it there's a lot of people who believe some of the funds are misappropriated there's a bunch of people who believe that the funds are disproportionate in terms of a working american gets twelve hundred dollars but there's estimated five hundred billion dollars in relief to large corporations and private businesses um so there's a lot of like uh differences of opinion of where the allocation of funds should go if it's a two trillion dollar package then you know, my math is no good, $1,200 times the American population. I don't know if that breaks it even, but $500 billion to corporations or private businesses, it, it definitely um, seems a bit misproportionate. Um, a lot of people have opinions on, you know, where the funds go and how they should be, uh, uh allocated to people of course $1,200 when you think about it is not a lot you know what I'm saying it's most people rent alone in New York City is about $1,200 so basically you're giving me a month of rent if you want to put it in the most simplistic terms again other people's situations are different but an average New York City apartment you could estimate your rent being between let's say 800 and 1200. So if we get that within 3 weeks, okay, fine, I can pay my rent, but what else? How can I purchase food? How can I keep my lights on? How can I keep my phone bill on and all these other things, basic utilities of life, $1200, I definitely you can poke holes into see where people will feel that is not enough. A clip that I do want to play is from our uh, representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who called the GOP effort to bail out uh, businesses and uh, other corporations shameful um, in the brief moment of time that she had to share. Um, Basically, she went on the Senate floor, the Congress floor, wherever floor that you can make the speeches as a representative and um, called out the the lack of. Equipment for hospital workers called out the lack of, uh, care. It seemed that people had for these workers and for the general American person. Um, twelve hundred. Where she agrees that twelve hundred dollars is not really enough to help an American, an average American person. Whereas, billions and upon billions of dollars are being pumped into private businesses and, uh, the corporate corporate sector. I'm gonna play the clip for you, it's real brief, but she's really, really, really passionate about uh, just the, the how she feels about the disproportionate lack, or the disproportionate amount of money given to corporations and then to the average person.
2: I represent one of the hardest hit communities in the hardest hit city in this country, Queens, New York, 13 dead in a night, in Elmhurst Hospital alone, our community's reality is this country's future if we don't do anything. Hospital workers do not have protective equipment, we don't have the necessary ventilators, and but we have to go into this vote eyes wide open. What did the Senate majority fight for? One of the largest corporate bailouts with as few strings as possible in American history. Shameful, the greed, of that fight is wrong for crumbs, for our families. And the option that we have is to either let them suffer with nothing or to allow this greed and billions of dollars, which will be leveraged into trillions of dollars, to contribute to the largest income inequality gap in our future. There should be shame about what was fought for in this bill and the choices that we have to make.
0: A lot of the things that she said you could really get her frustration and why she's speaking so passionately uh about this topic in general um but again guys i don't want to spend all day talking about corona stuff it is the most prevalent prevalent topic happening right now we are all in the quarantine streets unless you work for an essential business and again thank you to all those people going out busting their ass daily in the medical field delivery workers grocery store workers pharmacists pharmacy workers all these people who are considered essential, bussing their ass daily to uh, provide their goods and services to the American public in this trying time. Again, I want to encourage everyone to please remain safe, protected, protect your family, friends, and loved ones. Um, to follow all the CDC guidelines so to keep yourself safe and your family and your loved ones safe. And we will get through this together as we always do. Um, if you do like, if you would like to do your independ- own independent research, I strongly encourage it. Please do not get all your news from me. Where I get a lot of my news from is the New York Times. If you're interested in subscribing to their news, it is free. You could go onto NewYorkTimes.com and subscribe. You get email, uh, daily email alerts on what's happening in the news, and you can read articles uh, to keep yourself informed. I like the New York Times because they seem as fair and balanced as possible. You know, you got your MSNBC, which is really left, and you got your Fox News, which is really right. So for me, the New York Times is pretty, pretty down the middle. They just give you what's what's popping, what's happening. They don't really try to sway your opinion one way or the other. And um, again, we're going to get through this pandemic together because we always do. Just take all the necessary steps to keep your family, friends and loved ones safe. And um, follow, please follow, continue to follow all the CDC guidelines as to do that. But that is all of the Corona talk that I will be doing for today. Um, And now, we, you know, we're off that now we're off that please again, though, do your own independent research and do not get your news from me i'm not <laughs> i'm not cnn i'm not you know uh, wolf blitzer or you know saying any other newscaster i'm just a guy with a microphone so i encourage everyone out there to do their own independent research You can follow me and you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. No vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. I'm saying this and repeating it because I ask you guys to send me in questions, comments or whatever you have uh, weekly. And you guys do. I really, truly appreciate that. So now I'm going to answer some of the Instagram and Twitter questions that I have received. The first one is not a question. It's a comment. Comment says you really sat up there and did a whole 30 minute breakdown on j Electronica. You are fucking insane. But I love you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I listened back to it, and I was like, damn, did I go too long on this J Electronica shit? I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, damn, maybe I went too far on it. I did say I was crazy about shit like that. Like, when when I get really passionate about something or when I really love something, I get crazy. Like, I get fucking nuts. So, that's the validation I need. As long as one person says that they love the shit. I'm happy. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I hope you listen to it um, and see you could kind of see what I was talking about with it. The second says, who do you listen to other than rappers? Um, well, I yeah, it's, that's true. I, <laughs> I, feature, <laughs> I feature a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hip hop on the show because that's just the number one genre for me. But easily the number two genre for me is R&B. Uh, more toward the neo-soul R&B, um, that's really what I like to hear. It's real cool, calm down type music. I like soul music as well. Um, I really like, you know, uh, artists like Alicia Keys and the Queen Mary J. Blige and Jill Scott. And newer artists that I like in the genre era <clears throat> are Anderson Pack, Daniel Caesar, I love her, The Internet is great. Janelle Monae is great. Uh, Georgia Smith is great. I love Kehlani. Uh, Snow Allegra. SZA. That's my baby. Uh, 070 Shake. I listen to... um, Who else do I like? I like... um, Oh, of course. Well, Beyonce. But that's more traditional. And that's more pop. And a lot of the times... Michael Jackson go, falls into that category as well. That's pop. Um, but now that I have a lot more free time, I've been listening to a lot of Prince. Prince is that nigga. If if, if you don't fuck with Prince, I don't fuck with you. We're going to keep it like that. Prince is that nigga, bro. Rest in peace to the God, to the legend. Shout out to Prince, man. I've been listening, to, I listening back. Of course, I know a lot of Prince, but I've been listening to a lot of other things that prince did like other albums i'm like damn prince is that nigga yo so those are just some artists that um i listen to other than hip-hop i know i feature a lot of hip-hop on here so and that's probably a valid question that well does he listen to anything else like no but i do is mainly r&b though um the next says <laughs> when are you <laughs> when are you going to bless the streets <laughs> when are you going to bless the streets with your tiktok dances never never i will never be putting the phone in my face and dancing these tiktok dances i will not be making a tiktok account that is not something that i will be doing i'm a strengths person dancing is not my strength Okay, <laughs> I am not a dancer. I will never be a dancer. I am not coordinated. I am not rhythmic. I will not be dancing, doing these TikTok dances anytime soon. Okay, just I need to let you know. So don't get your hopes up. There will be no dancing from this account on TikTok. Um, the next says... <clears throat> When will you have guests on the show? Well, that's something I'm really, really, really working on, Um, like behind the scenes. And when I plan the shows and I write, I do a lot of writing and stuff. I would love, love, love to have guests or a, or feature myself on other podcasts. Um, It's just right now in these quarantine streets. It's kind of difficult to do that, Um, but I, I, I am. Actively like searching for people who I can feature on this show or who I can feature on their shows, um, just to you know do something a little different or to make you know connections in this, in this new pod game because a lot of people are doing podcasts and a lot of local people are doing podcasts which I love to see, um. So I guess when this corona stuff clears up, man, I have a lot of more a lot more opportunities to collaborate with other um, young podcasters or podcasters in general don't have to be young per se Um, it's just kind of difficult really difficult right now that we're in these quarantine streets so we can't really go out and connect and meet and write together and record together and and I could bring people in and they could record with me you know because of the lockdowns and the viruses and all that stuff so it's on the way i would really really love to to be featured on someone's thing or have people featured on here it's just really up in the air right now when everything gets straightened out with this virus um i'm very very extremely open to collaborative opportunities either having people come on here with me or going on and being featured on other people's podcasts Uh, And the last one says, what could you give a 30-minute impromptu lecture on? Well, if you heard last week, I can give an off-the-dome freestyle impromptu lecture on music, sports. Uh, What else am I crazy about? Comedy. Um, If it's a music thing, I could give a 30-minute lecture on why Kanye is the greatest hip-hop musician ever. Not the greatest rapper, but the greatest hip-hop musician I could probably give a 30 minute lecture on why LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. And maybe the 30 minute lecture on why Dave Chappelle is the greatest comedian. Just shit that I really, really like and care about. That's what I can give 30 minute lectures on off the dome, off the freestyle, just shit that I really love and care about. I have a question though. I have a question for y'all and I want, this is where I want my ladies to get in the Twitter, Instagram messages and let me know my question for the ladies is why do y'all do that little stupid foot thing that little arch thing with your leg and all your pictures i don't get it like you bitches want to be legged or something <laughs> like I don't, when i was a kid if you was legged you would get your ass cut even though it's a serious condition Oh every every time I see a picture on Instagram, a woman is standing up. She got her leg in that little stupid arch thing. What is that? Why stand up straight? The fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully somebody can give me some clarity on that cuz I really really don't understand. I don't understand that. Somebody let me know. Somebody put me on game. Let me know why you why you bitches want to be Let You got to let me know. Cause I don't know, but thank you again, guys, for these questions, man. I really appreciate them. You guys really make me feel like I'm like a fucking, like a veteran or something, like a seasoned vet. Like you guys send in the questions and I appreciate them. I appreciate them so much. Please, if you feel inclined, if you have something to ask me, if you want to know something, you want to get into my brain or my thought process or something, the social media platforms are the best way to do so. I encourage every and anyone to send in the questions. And thank you again for these questions. Now, I want to pivot into uh, big topics going on in the world of sports. Again, m- most major sports are canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um but there are still a lot of stories happening, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on in the lane and the the uh, the the nature of sports like NFL. And first, the Olympics were canceled. Um, the, the Olympics were scheduled to happen this year in Japan and they were canceled. So that's great. A lot of uh, athletes, I understand, to both sides, Olympic athletes train their whole lives to compete in the Olympics. And the Olympics only come around once every four years. But at the same time, you have to cancel the events because you will be exposing millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people potentially to this coronavirus. So in the interest of preserving human lives, certain things just have to be canceled. So congratulations to the Olympic Committee for doing that. I know that they did not want to do that, but they kind of basically had no choice. Um, So, you know, uh, shout out to them for that. But. What I want to spend a little time on is the NFL um, because the biggest thing that happened last week was Dallas Cowboys Pro Bowl center Travis Frederick announced his retirement at the age of 29. Um, Travis Frederick is a very, very, very talented offensive lineman. I believe he's a center. uh, And the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in football. If you do not know what the offensive line is, the offensive line are the the, the five big, big guys who stand on the line of scrimmage who block for the quarterback and for the running back. Um, basically, Travis just, dis- well, he decided to walk away. And at a young age, so a lot of people were saying, well, what is what is the reason for him deciding to move on with his life and then stop playing football? Um, in 2018, He had a battle with an autoimmune disease called Julian Barnes syndrome. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, It's basically an autoimmune disease that affects the nervous system and it affects your strength and affects your motor skills. Um, So he could not play for one full season in 2018, but he came back last year, 2019 had a great season. So everyone's saying, Oh, well he had such a good year. Well, why is it that he would retire? And, This is a quote from him. He said, I made my return to the field. Um, I played well overall and then was selected to the Pro Bowl, but it was a difficult year for me. Uh, Every day, each day, I'm sorry, each day I faced a struggle. I could no longer perform at my highest levels. Playing, quote unquote, well is not what I expected myself and is not what my teammates deserve. Because of this, I know my days as a football player are done. And I am proud of what I accomplished in my career. And I walk away with my head held high. Uh, the Cowboys signed Travis Frederick to a six-year $56.4 million extension before the 2016 season that included $28 million in guaranteed money. In theory, the Cowboys could look to recoup signing bonus money uh, because of his retirement announcement. Basically, what I really want to talk about is the NFL players, the continuing trend of NFL players deciding to walk away at an early age this is you know travis frederick is not the only uh, nfl player to walk away early but before i get onto the players walking away early it's it's a it's a thing that is very prevalent the nfl is a very physically demanding sport. It's a very physically taxing sport a lot of times um players are forced to leave the game not on their own terms it's just due to debilitating injuries This is a real stat. The average NFL player plays for three and a half seasons, three point five years. And the effects of those three point five years on their bodies becomes uh, uh, extremely debilitating or it becomes extremely hard for them to manage their lives. Um, And unfortunately, there is no there are some provisions set up um, as in the nfl to where you have certain health care coverage or you have your needs met but there's really no extensive post player pension programs well, that's a tongue twister say that five times fast um to where the players receive extended coverage uh from their injuries because think when you think about it marijuana is now legal and there's a lot of, of course medicinal properties in it but before that there was a lot of Uh, lenience on opioids so for example if you have a knee injury the knee a nagging knee in order for you to get right the doctor the team doctor prescribes you some perks some oxy or some vicodins you take it for your knee so you can play football but then you become dependent on it and then that's another set of problems right so you could literally start taking it let's say at 24, then you out of the league by 28. And now you have no income and a pill dependency. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the trend, and I see it happening more and more frequently, um, of players leaving the game early. I can fully see it. And again, we love football. Football is amazing. I love it. I love it. But These players are now starting to understand that this is not a glamour sport like basketball or a a lighter physically taxing sport like baseball. And the money isn't the same. So if you make 30 million dollars before you're 30 years old, some players are more than happy to just walk away from the game. And I can't sit here and say that they're wrong for doing that because you have to preserve your future let's let's even let's even change it let's say you're tom brady tom brady's played 20 years he wants to play two more years he'll retire in theory when he's 45 years old at 45 years old your life is nowhere near over right now luckily he's been blessed to have a great conditioning program and to keep his body in tip-top shape to where he is pain-free but in the scenario where you put your body under that much physical distress for 20 years of your life, then you finish playing when you're 40, you still have the rest of your life to live. And if you're living now with debilitating injuries, whether it be mental from concussion, CTE, or physical from debilitating body injuries, and now uh, opioid dependency or a, uh, uh, any other prescription drug dependency you're pretty much fucked up. And the NFL has really no longstanding provisions to provide you with continuous care, even though they're uh, the most profitable sports industry in the world, other than um, major uh, soccer, overseas soccer, because that's global. But I'm saying in America, the NFL is king. The NFL is king. And a lot of players, though, have voiced their displeasure and their concerns with the lack of coverage um, post-retirement right there's no uh, long-standing there are short-term things that the NFL does for you when you first retire but I'm saying there are no long-standing provisions to help you with your medical conditions or even if your monetary conditions once you stop playing football so uh, I see the trend continuing and I will champion it Players are doing what's right for them in their lives. Um, moreover, I want to talk about the NFL CBA, which is the collect—that means collective bargaining agreement—which is the session where standard operating practices are agreed upon. And after I read this, I think you're going to understand why you will see more and more players give up the game early. <clears throat> Saturday night NFL players took a vote to ratify the new CBA the new CBA will take effect starting in 2021 and run until 2030 for the proposed deal to go through a simple majority of the players need to vote yes All right, the final vote was 1019 to 959 there are roughly 2500 players in the players union so an, esti- an estimated 71% of the players voted on the CBA here are some of the most notable rule changes and regulations that will go into effect under the new cba there is a 16 in 2020 there's a 16 game regular season with the postseason expanded from 12 teams to 14 teams that's number one starting in 2021 the nfl has the option to expand the regular season from 16 games to 17 games And if and when the NFL moves to 17 games, each team will receive an additional bye week in place of a fourth preseason game. The revenue split is as such. In 2020, the owners will receive 53% of the revenue as the players will receive 47%. And in 2021 to 2030, the owners will receive 52% as opposed to the 48% by the players. Uh, there is an increase in the minimum salary. There will be a, a $1 million minimum salary by 2029, the year before the new year, the, the year before this current deal ends. So it's not like it's much. Um, and any player carrying above league minimum contracts in the new CBA will receive a bonus equivalent to one 17th of their salary if and when the NFL moves from 16 to 17 games. There's an increased emphasis on clinical care rather than punishment. And there's a significant reduction in penalties for marijuana use where there will be no suspensions for positive tests. But what I um, want to talk about is the NFL talks about how they're so concerned with player safety. We want to make the game safe. We want to legislate the big hits out of the game. We want to show the players that we really care about their safety. The NFL cares about money what makes money football games the nfl is telling you we want more football games because we can make more money so how can you keep the players safe uh them to more games right the increase of players early retirements is only going to grow because people the players are understanding that at the end of the day One, there's always going to be someone else to take their place. And two, the NFL will always care more about money than the individual player. So for players like Travis Frederick, who say, listen, I'm 29 years old. I done made $28 million and a little bit more from endorsements. I'm cool. I completely respect it. I'm going to read you a list of some players I collected who retired from the game early. And these are I wanted to keep it all with current players because you have your Barry Sanders and your Jim Browns, but and your Gail Sayers, of course. But those are from the old guard. I'm talking about the new guard of players who have retired early and they all have something in common. So we have Travis Frederick. He's the most recent. But then you have Luke Kuechly, 28 years old, seven time pro bowler, five time all pro defensive player of the year. Rob Gronkowski, two time. Super Bowl champion, led the league in receiving yards, touchdowns, two years, all pro, pro bowler. Andrew Luck, 30 years old, pro bowler. Uh, Calvin Johnson, 30 years old, pro bowler. Chris Borland was a rookie. He was 24 years old. He retired from the San Francisco 49ers. Patrick Willis, 30 years old. Rashard Mendenhall, 26 years old. Terrell Davis, 29 years old. Uh, Lynn Swan, 30 years old. Well, he's an older, older player. Um, Hussein Abdullah retired 2016 after playing for five years after suffering five concussions. <clears throat> and there's just an, an increase of players deciding to leave the game. And it's all the same common denominator they understand that the continued playing of this game at its highest level will only lead to more and more injuries. The common denominator between every single player on that list is injuries. Luke Keekly, concussions. Rob Gunkowski, he had two back surgeries, two forearm surgeries, and a concussion. Andrew Luck, uh, uh, I think he lacerated his kidney one year. He had rib injuries. He had leg injuries. Retired. Decided that the risk is not better. Calvin Johnson. Where he's retired due to the wear and tear and football had taken on his body. He wouldn't and he would not go onto the field without feeling 100 percent. This is just the increased trend. And Rashard Mendenhall, who was a former Steelers running back. And I'm a Steelers fan said I think he just said the the most poignant point. The most he summed it up the best way. He says, quote, I'll tell them that I've greatly enjoyed my time, but I will no longer wish to put my body at the risk for the sake of entertainment. And I think about the rest of my life and I want to live it with much quality. I think that that is the most admirable, that is the most self-aware and the most uh self-preserving decision. There are some players who just love the game and will do anything for the game. And I understand that because I consume the sport and I love the sport. But at the same time we have to look at it as these are freaking humans who were literally getting their heads bashed in for seventeen for now 17 weeks of the year in addition to their training camps and practices. Saying, listen, I'm 30 years old. I want to live the rest of my life. I want to be able to remember my kids' names and be able to drive my car still or get out of bed without feeling like my back is on fire or my knees hurt or my elbows hurt or, you know, all the debilitating things that football can bring. So with this new CBA, I am very disappointed in in a lot of it. There was nothing that mentioned increased um, post-player pension programs. There's nothing in it that, that had more... uh uh, support for for players who would leave the game early or are forced to leave early from debilitating injuries there was nothing in there about more player safety regulations and now the only thing that i have seen in here really of value is that they're not suspending you for smoking some weed that's it so with the nfl salute to travis frederick salute to all these other players who decided to leave the game early um, I hold nothing towards you for that. I applaud you for that. And I just want you guys to be successful in any other endeavor that you can. And a lot. And you know what? Also, just this is just a tangent. Now, there's a lane for former NFL players to make money. I think back in the day, there was really nothing. If you play football, you play football. And that was it. You get some endorsement money from Nike or from Adidas or Gatorade or whatever. But now there's such a a, a ability to continue to make money after you play football, where players know about investments. Players do have startup companies. Players go into the media space. Players have websites that they run or they do uh, motivational speaking tours or they do TV or radio or whatever to where they will be able to continue to make money. So the NFL has to realize that if high profile players continue to leave the game, that something either has to change or the product will significantly suffer. That's one of the two. If you don't want to invest the money into uh, maintaining people who put their blood sweat tears and bodies on the line weekly for your product and all you want to do is increase more games and add more postseason and more regular season that's fine but the trend of nfl players leaving the game early will only continue because people are starting to wake the fuck up and say your bread is not more important than my life point blank period so again salute to travis frederick i wish you nothing but success in the future All the other players who have decided to leave the game early, I wish you nothing but success in your your future endeavors. And that's just the way that the shit is going. That's just the way it's going. Motherfuckers are waking up and saying, this fucking game ain't worth my life. And if I can't get out of bed at 40 years old, then I ain't going to continue to do this shit week after week after week after week. And that's what I got to say about that. In other news, and other news, one thing I am liking that I am seeing due to this coronavirus pandemic is a lot of the uh, our, you know, celebrities or public figures are taken to Instagram Live and doing live like Q&As and stuff like that. They had, um, you know, Cardi is still doing what she does, you know, how she gets down, doing her live videos, but um, they had a whole bunch of other players or, or other, uh, musicians or whatever, just taken to Instagram live, um, to do like, you know, just live Q and a, or talking to us or whatever. And, um, there was a lot of uh, good ones that you could look out for. Like I watched Stephen Curry did an Instagram live with Dr. Anthony Fauci about coronavirus COVID-19 Q and a, and it was more enlightening than any fucking Trump interview that I have ever seen related to this topic in my life. Like how is it that a fucking NBA player can get on live with a doctor just ask the questions that everybody wants to fucking know and get the answers? If an NBA player can do that and the president can't, I don't know. I don't want to spend time talking about that, no motherfucker. Anyway, they had uh, there was also other lives like Carmelo Anthony and D Wade did a live where they were talking like personal stories. Melo was talking about how he almost fell off a boat and drowned and LeBron had to get off and save him. And they were talking about Kobe stories about how like the competitor and the the, the playoff battles and the, the game battles that they had with Kobe and how much they just respected and loved him as a player and as a person. It was great. Like if, if you haven't seen that, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Tory Lanez is doing joints with like people he's having people come in and sing and um, do stuff with them and you know it's a bunch of stuff that's going on just using the social media platforms to keep people keep people's morales up like I love seeing those beat battles I don't know if you guys are paying attention to those there was a few of them there was um it started with D Nice DJ D Nice it was doing a DJ set Like he was doing like basically like an Instagram live party. So you could go into the Instagram live and he would play a whole bunch of music with different lights and stuff like that. It was like a party. But then it morphed into like beat battles. So it started with Timbaland and Swiss Beats. They were just having a battle like who could play the best beats. And then Hit Boy and Boy Wonder did one. So it's just a lot of things going on. People are using their Instagrams and their lives to like do great shit. Like I love seeing that shit. I love seeing that shit, like doing live just to engage with the people and like answer questions that people have. There was a clip of, of Aisha Curry, who is Steph Curry's wife, um, ask, answering questions. And she was like, <clears throat> she answered a question from a fan. The fan said, um, Is it okay to have, uh, is it okay to eat pineapples on pizza? Right? And as she's answering the question, or as she's reading the question, Steph is in the background. He's like, hell no. <laughs> so it's just shit, like, to keep, you know, to keep people, I guess, people's morales up, to keep, you know what I'm saying, like, people um, just, I, I, I mean, I get, the way, best way to word it is just to keep people's spirits up. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a difficult time. You, don't, you know, you don't have a lot of financial security. You know, the government is the government. They're, you know, are they doing things in your best interest or are they serving their own interests? It's a the whole bunch of shit like to keep to keep morale down or to keep you feeling increasingly unsafe or you know, just just like un, unsure, unsecure. So I love seeing these lives, like just to give you a sense of normalcy, like just, just to let you know that shit is going to be okay. And here's something that you can smile at real quick. So I love seeing that shit. I loved it. And lastly, I want to talk about a person who used their social media platform to make me laugh. Like the best laugh I had all week. Um, Rapper Jim Jones of Dipset, if you're not familiar, that's Cameron, Juwel Santana, Jim Jones, Hellrel, Freaky Zeke, J.R. Rider, Forty Cal, Harlem-based collective. Um, Jim Jones does a thing where he they call him Weatherman Jim, and he goes outside in different weather conditions and gives you a weather report. But since it's the coronavirus pandemic, he can't go outside. Like he can't do shit. And he comes out and it, I think he recorded this video it was like, I want to say Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday of the last week. And he goes outside and he's just upset. He's like, they want me to do the weather. But, you know, what I'm saying and he gives his whole report like he's he is tight, like he is not happy with the situation going on right now. And I have to I have to have to have to play this clip for you because this shit is fucking great. Jim Jones is every every American. He is speaking for every American right now. So listen to this man.
1: Shit, whack! Y'all knew this was coming. Got these niggas waking me up talking about it's a motherfucking storm, a snowstorm. There's a lot of moving parts going on right, right now outside, man. We can't move. It's a pandemic. It's 36 degrees. That means it's back to freezing temperatures, and it's snow, snow, snow hailing out. This motherfucker. Who's in charge? We can't go nowhere, we can't get to the bag, we stuck in the house, and now it's motherfucking snowing. I apologize, baby, you can go get them Uggs. Uggs season ain't over. Pull them out, cause it's crazy today. Cover up that lace front, cover, cover up your face, matter of fact, don't cough on nobody, don't breathe on nobody, don't move too much. Somebody explain to me what the really fuck is going on inside this motherfucking world, huh? Shit too much for me, now. I can't take it no more. Can't get fresh, the drip report is over, the niggas ain't going nowhere. All the clubs is closed. Who's in charge out there? I mean, really, what the fuck is going on? They still calling me do the weather when niggas ain't got no place to go. Leave me the fuck alone, please. Thirty six degrees, man. Snowing. Shit like that. I holler.
0: Jim, <laughs> Jim, I feel you on every single level, bruh. First of all, the way he says pandemic is hilarious. It's a pandemic. <laughs> it's a pandemic. It ain't a pandemic. It's a pandemic. Can't get to the bag. Can't go nowhere. Can't get fresh. The drip report is over. Uh, and go get them Uggs because Uggs season ain't over. Damn, shout out to Jim Jones, man. Speaking real shit, who the fuck's in charge? Who was in charge in this pandemic? Leave me the fuck alone. Jim, shout out to you, man. Shout out to Jim Jones for that beautiful artistry that you displayed in these quarantine streets. The world needs more honesty and uh, forthcomingness like you displayed shout out to you and a round of applause for you, Jim Jones. And that will wrap it up. Episode number eight of the Bronx bias podcast is in the books. I'm your host. Once again, my name is Denzel. Thank you guys again for the continued support, the listening, the questions, Everything that you guys have contributed to this podcast in the early, early stages of it, I truly, truly, truly appreciate. I want to remind everyone to please, please stay safe out there. Stay protected. Please protect yourselves, your families, your loved ones. Please follow all of the CDC guidelines as to keep yourself and the people around you safe. Please do not be afraid to extend a helping hand to someone who may need it. Um, Let's do everything that we can to prevent the spread of this virus and we will make it through together because we always, always do. Please keep that in mind and don't lose hope. We will make it through this together because we always do. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song. I tried, I wanted to like remix a little bit because I play the straight up hardcore hip hop, but I like other types of hip hop or other types of like cross genres in hip hop. So I'm going to play a great song. It's called Butterfly Effect by Travis Scott off the album World. If you want to download stream, however you consume music. This has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number eight. We out.
3: For this life I cannot change It is hit deep off in the main m and we like candy cane Drop the top, pop it, let it bang For this life I cannot change it, hit us, deep off in the main m and we like candy cane Drop the top, pop it, let it bang play hide and see, jump inside, jump straight to the lead, take a sip, feel just how I be, on freeway, but no ain't nothing free, been laws, been lanes, been busting bills, but still ain't nothing change, you in the mob, soon as you rock the chain, she caught the waves, just thumbing through my brains, your love, now that need it is a buzzer, feelin' stuck, you know how to keep me up, icy love, icy love, like I keep up, for this life I cannot change, hitting hills, deep off in the maze. M&M's, sweet like candy cane, drop the top, pop it, let it, Drop hey, the top, pop it, let it pop. The ones, all the chains piled on the mantle. All the dogs, all the dogs, low creep right behind me in the Phantom. Yeah. never go, never go dip on the set, stay Santana. Yeah, run it back, turn the lights on when I hit up Green Lantern. Yeah, fly the bros, fly the dogs down to Atlanta. Yeah, in the cut, in Medusa, lay low, yeah I might be. Yeah, roll up, help me calm down when I'm moving high speed. Yeah, if I send one, need to text back, cause you know what I need place, oh me, oh my, we have been moving, we have been moving for some time, Alright, flexing, flexing, try to exercise, yeah, yeah. but it's life I cannot change, it, it is deep off in the main, m sweet like candy cane, drop it Hit the hills, deep off in the bay. In speed sweet like candy cane. Drop the top, pop it, let it bang.